Well, let's read the word. Amen. Psalm 65, verse 1. Praise. Everyone say praise. Praise. <laughs> praise is awaiting you, O God, in Zion. And there, there are many words for the, in, in the Bible translated as praise. And uh, there's at least seven very important words. The word yada, which means to worship with extended hands. There's... There's a word very commonly used among Jewish people, tada, which means to an extension of hands in adoration. There's halal, which, which means to be clean or pure or to shine or to boast or to rave or to celebrate. And that's where we get the word hallelujah. Amen. There's the word shabbat, to address in a loud tone and to exclaim to his glory. Shabbat. Uh, there's the word barah. Uh, to, to kneel down or to bless the Lord. We just sang this song, Bless the Lord. That's Barach. You know, Baruch Habach, Hashem, Adonai. You know, that's a little bit of Hebrew. I'm trying to impress you. Uh, <laughs> that says, Blessed is he or, or praise is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Barach. There's the word Tehillah, which is actually the word right here in this psalm. Praise is awaiting for you. It's the word tehillah, tehillah, which means to sing, which means spontaneous praise. How many of you are married here and you, allow, you, you like when your spouse is spontaneous? Can you imagine someone every day at 4 o'clock in the afternoon, you know, uh, go like, I love you. Okay, that's it. And that, that wouldn't be spontaneous. But isn't it great when, you know, I think God appreciates sp spontaneity and when our worship is not just... Uh, Kind of same old, same old, but we just, we just sing to the Lord a new song. I mean, like Elizabeth sung to the Lord a brand new song. We heard it for the first time. You know, sing to the Lord a new song. So that's, that's Tehillah. Praise is awaiting for you. And then there's the word Zamar, which means instrumental kind of worship. But let's read. Praise is awaiting you, O God, in Zion, in Roville. Is praise awaiting God in your home? Is praise awaiting God in your workplace? When you drive, amen, it's kind of dangerous sometimes. I'm like, God, I'm praising you. I'm like, oh, thank you, Jesus. And I'm like, okay, God, keep this car on the road, you know, because God's presence is overwhelming, as we saw today. Christian, uh, uh, come on, you got a little bit overwhelmed. Is, it, is that okay? <laughs> do, do we desire to be overwhelmed by the presence of God? Yeah. Bless, praise the Lord. Praise is awaiting you, O God, in Zion. And to you the vow shall be performed, O you who hear prayer. To you all flesh will come. Iniquities prevail against me, but as for our transgressions, you will provide atonement for them. Blessed is the man who you choose and cause to approach you, that he may dwell in your courts. Better is one day in the courts of God than a thousand elsewhere. We shall be satisfied with the goodness of your house, of your holy temple. By awesome deeds, awesome deeds. I'm hearing someone being healed of cancer. Amen. Is that awesome deeds? Come on. Is God awesome? Come on. Come on. Aren't you? I don't know about you. I wouldn't want to go to a church where this stuff doesn't happen. Amen. <laughs> But church is a place where miracles happen, awesome deeds. By awesome deeds in righteousness, you will answer us, O God of our salvation. You are the confidence 
of the ends of the earth. That's, that's right here, Australia. <laughs> and full of the far off seas. We established the mountains by his strength, being clothed with power. Whoa, praise God. Do you feel the power? <laughs> praise God. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for your word this morning. Thank you that your word is full of power, is alive and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. And I thank you that as your word goes forth, it will go forth in power, in power to neutralize doubt, to neutralize sickness, viruses, disease, to neutralize mindsets of defeat, to neutralize every work of the enemy in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Father, I thank you that as your word goes forth, it won't come back to you void, but it shall accomplish the purpose which you've sent it. Father, I give you praise and honor, and I thank you for confirming your word. Thank you for enabling me to speak your word today with power. And thank you, Father, for the wonderful Holy Spirit that is right here with us this morning. And I don't stand alone in this pulpit. I thank you that the greater one stands with me. That the Holy Spirit is on inside of me right now to communicate this word accurately, uh, with simplicity, but in the power of the Holy Spirit. And everybody agree and say, Amen. Amen. And give Jesus a hand. And before you sit, I want you to turn to someone who didn't come with this morning and just say, you're in for a blessing. Amen. Come on. Just say, you're in for a blessing. 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 Come on. Take your seats this morning. Take your seats this morning. Amen. 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 Good to see Pastor Shirley and Pete. Hello. Welcome. Welcome back. Amen. Praise the Lord. I want to talk to you today, and, and again, this is going to be like the theme this week and then into next week as we, as we have uh, Friday, uh, the wonder of worship, and then on Saturday, just for our musicians. But if you want to come along, feel free. But it, it, is, it is, so Friday, 8, 8, 8 p.m., and then on Sunday right here, uh, Elizabeth is going to uh, lead us in worship together with the team. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be wonderful. I want to encourage you to bring your friends, your neighbors, your enemies, anything that moves. It'll be wonderful. Hallelujah. Praise God. But we're talking about the wonder of worship. And it is really a wonderful thing. I think probably it was a wonderful discovery in my life when I first went to church and I discovered worship. I didn't know worship. And my grandmother's church wasn't quite like that. And I remember going to, going to that place and seeing people abandoned with their arms raised up to God. I'm like, these people are not here just to fulfill a ritual. They really mean business with God. And that had touched my heart. And I remember the first time I went to a youth meeting at our church. Uh, I mean, there were just a few of us young people there. And, uh, and I, saw, I saw these guys just so into God and just drinking deeply from wells I hadn't even discovered. They were no doubt being satisfied with something that I desperately needed in my own life. And then I, I got jealous just at, 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 to seeing what they had. And I'm like, I've got to have what they have. And I decided to join in, in and worship. And, and our, our, our youth meetings were not very structured, but they were filled with worship. There's a whole lot of young people. We didn't know what to do. We didn't know how to preach. You know, in those days, we didn't even have, uh, you know, access to so many worship songs like we have today. We have YouTube, we have uh, iTunes, I I all kinds of things. And, but in those days, there weren't a lot of songs. And, and, uh, and, uh, uh, but so 
we, most of us had just come out of the world, and um, so we, we kind of redeemed some of the songs of the world. And I remember there was a Rod Stewart song, The Train is Coming, and we just replaced, we said, Jesus is coming. And we just kind of redeemed culture a little bit and just kind of, because we, we didn't have all these songs. We just didn't have that. So we, we would sing, and I remember in those early days, just singing until forever, you know, and, and, and then we would bring our friends to that. And our friends, you know, straight out of the world, they're like, oh, what is this stuff? Don't worry, just join us. And, they were, and then we would sing. And, uh, and then at some stage, we're like, okay, you need Jesus. They're like, what? Never mind. Just say, Jesus, come into my heart. And they would say, Jesus, come into my heart. And they would give their lives to Jesus. And then we would say, now you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. They're like, filled with what? Never mind. Never mind. Just close your eyes. Raise your hands. And we would kind of scrum around them like a rugby scrum. And we would pray for them. And God would touch them. And our little group went from six to about 100 in, a, in about a, a year or something like that. And, and that's all that happened. We were just... We were just adventurers in the presence of God. We just wanted more and more of this God. And, and the excess, the vehicle, the, the thing we knew touched the heart of God so much so that he wouldn't mind coming into our worship session, our, our youth meeting, was, was that we worshipped him. And when we worshipped him, he would come. And, we, and, and, you know, we had guys there that were in drugs. We had guys that were all come from all kinds of backgrounds, but God would fix our lives. God would set people free from addictions. God would kind of reorganize, rewire their brain. God would do so much. And out of that group today, there's, there's, there's pastors, there's evangelists, there's missionaries. They're all around the world. Out of that place, it became like a, a, a furnace where God kind of uh, created metal in our lives so that we would go into the world and touch the world for Jesus. Amen? Hallelujah. Praise God. So uh, praise is awaiting for you, oh God. I, I don't want to get too technical about the difference between praise and worship and all of that, but I just, I just feel both are an expression of our love, our awe, our admiration, our astonishment for God, who God is, who, what God has, the power of God. Is just, we're just astonished at Him, and the way we respond is just by, by singing these songs to Him. It's just by worshiping him and and that's that's what it's all about and and i think of one scripture in psalm 147 verse 1 in the amplified bible that says that that worship or praise is becoming and and appropriate to god it's like what can you go to god with worship praise is becoming and it is appropriate to god that's how you you come to god so the psalmist is saying praise is awaiting for you, O oh God, in Zion, in Zion. And the Amplified Bible says, praise is due and feeding to you, O oh God, in Zion. Praise is due and praise is feeding to you, O oh God, in Zion. And you know, this is quite a unique psalm in that uh, verse 1 doesn't follow sort of the other, the formula of all the other psalms. And it's basically a very different psalm. It makes this interesting statement to God. God prays to Hillah, spontaneous, unprepared, non-liturgical, liturgical, not kind of learned, but just really from our hearts, just praise is coming to you, O God. And there are three thoughts that I want to, that I believe are implicit in this statement. And number one is the thought of, of an invitation there is an invitation. It's as if, it's as if the psalmist is, is wanting to attract God 
from the highest of where he dwells to this place where praise is awaiting for him. Things are ready. The music is in place. The, a banquet of, wor- banquet of worship is, is being prepared for him. Things are in place. The musicians and praise is awaiting for God. I'll never forget, just a few years ago, I had such a strong experience with God. In one of, I had a dream. And then, you know, there's some dreams that you have, and you know there's normal dreams, or your mind is too busy, or, or maybe you just had too much pizza or something. But I had this one dream that I, God has spoken to me through dreams several times, and this one dream was, I knew was God, because you felt, you felt the presence of God. And when you've walked with Him for, for the years that I have, I, I've, I've become accustomed to His presence. I, I know His presence, and I, and I knew in the dream I started feeling the same presence and in the dream, I, I saw myself in this amazing, indescribable place where there were like maybe, well, I would say countless people. It looked like the stands of a stadium, but there was this mist over the stadium and you couldn't see the end of the stadium. And as I was looking around, I actually thought I had died and gone to heaven. And the presence of God was so strong that I was actually on my face on the floor and I couldn't understand how people could actually stand and have their hands raised because I couldn't. There was this heaviness, this, this weight, this, the glory of God was so strong. And, and I was just on my knees before God. And I'm like, wow, God. I, I, I said, I made it. I made it. I've talked about this place so many times. I've preached about this place so many times. I made it, God. I'm here. I'm in heaven. I'm in your presence. Hallelujah. Of course, uh, that was just um, a, a quick trip, okay? I'm, I'm back. I'm here, okay? <laughs> but, uh, but at that moment, it, it, I'm like, wow. And I'll, I'll never forget just looking and seeing what looked like thousands of musicians. And just this amazing, it was as if choirs were kind of uh, tuning their voices, getting ready to sing, as if musicians were kind of tuning their guitars. And, and, and I, was, I was looking at this stadium. They, they couldn't see the end of it. And... And then I heard, in the dream, I heard a voice, the king of glory is about to come in. The king of glory is about to come in. And I want you to know, I, could, I don't have time to share the rest of the, the dream to you, but I want you to know something, that worship and praise is inviting to the king of glory. That worship and praise precedes the entrance of almighty God. That when you worship, you just make a way and you better get ready because God's going to come. He's going to inhabit that worship. Amen. Amen. So praise is an invitation. Right here, you know, David is saying praise is awaiting for you, O God, in Zion. Praise is waiting for you, O God, and not... God doesn't want just... This praise doesn't just have to come from Zion. It can come from Roville this morning. Amen? From Roville right here. When you drive to work tomorrow. You know, it, let praise, let praise be, be the lifestyle you adopt. Let praise, let your worship be that constant invitation. God, you are welcome in my life. You are welcome to move. You're welcome to touch. You're welcome to come in, with me into this situation. You're welcome to come into my marriage, into my home. You're welcome. You're welcome. It's an invitation, an invitation. And so when David is saying, praise is awaiting for you, O God, in Zion, in Zion is, 
It's mostly an invitation. You say everything is ready. A banquet of worship has been arranged, but all will be in vain without the presence of the honored guest. So come. Come. You are welcome in this place. Come. So this statement is an invitation for God to come to a feast of praise where music and worship and spontaneous singing has been prepared beforehand. You see, praise always precedes God's presence because praise is the protocol of heaven. Praise is the protocol of heaven. Psalm 104 says, Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. There's a protocol to the presence of God. There's a protocol to the presence of God. In the Lord's Prayer, when he taught us, the very first sentence in that prayer is actually to worship God. <laughs> Hallowed be your name. It's just, it's, it's how you enter. That's the protocol of heaven. You know, um, in serving God in many different countries and going and preaching crusades, I've been taken before dignitaries and authorities and, 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 and presidents of countries and ministers. And, and before you go in, they, they always explain the protocol. When you go in, what you, what you must do, what you mustn't do, how you are to greet the president, how you are to greet this minister, how you are to address this person, what things to say, what things not to say. Often there's a, they'll give you a list of describing how to approach this person who is a dignity, who is someone important, and you see, sometimes we get so blasé with God. Yes, we know God is our Father, but He's still the God of glory. He's still awesome and mighty and, 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 and worthy of our praise. Amen. He's not the man upstairs. He's not, come on, he's, he's Jehovah, Creator, He's Elohim. He's El Shaddai. Come on. <laughs> Hallelujah. And praise is fitting to His name. So how's your, how's your devotional life? Is it inviting to God? Is, is, there, is there a song in your heart for Him? What do you do in preparation for His presence? Amen. Is your life an invitation that God can interrupt your, your day-to-day and just be God in your life? Hallelujah. So praise is awaiting for your God in Zion. That statement is an invitation, but secondly, it is also a promise. It's a promise. And we, all, we all, always talk about the promises of God for us, but our worship is a promise. Right here, there's a promise. Praise is awaiting for you. There is a promise from the heart of David to God saying, Praise is awaiting for you. N- not complaints, not questions, not demands, not. You know, I'm not going to wave my fist at you and say, God, why for the 10th time? But I'm going to, instead of waving my fist, I'm going to raise my hands to God, amen, and worship Him because it's not my problem. He's my Savior. He's my Redeemer. He's my provider. He's for me. And if He's for me, you can be against me. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. And here is David saying, praise is awaiting for you. Saying, God, no, we're not going to complain today. We're not going to ask. We're not going to give you a shopping list. Today, it's about you. We are inviting you to come. And what you're going to get from our lips is worship. It's praise. It's admiration. It's exaltation. Our wordy words of, um, of exaltation to you, oh God. Amen. And, you know, the Amplified Bible says this, says the submissive wonder of reverence, wow, I like that, which bursts forth into praise, and praise is due 
and fitting to you, O God, in Zion. I like that. The submissive wonder of reverence which bursts forth into praise. Oh, I love praise can be explosive. From a place of reverence, <laughs> then there's this explosion of admiration for our God, of appreciation for him. And, and, and it says right there, and praise is due and fitting to our God. What will you give to God? You're going to give him praise. You're going to give him praise. You're going to honor God through praise. It's a promise. It is a promise. It's an invitation. It is a promise. And a promise makes room for expectation. And it's almost as if David is trying to raise God's expectations. And, 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 and he's saying, it's almost as if he's saying, something good, God, is awaiting for you, oh God. Something pleasing. Something pleasing. There's going to be some worship. There's going to be sweet, a sweet aroma to your nostrils. You're going to like what you're going to find in this place. It's David really is trying to get God's expectation up. <laughs> I think sometimes God gets bored <laughs> with, some, with some of what we call expressions of worship. It's like, oh no, that again? Or, um, anyway, let me, let me get out of that one quickly. <laughs> I don't know, have you ever thought about what God thinks about what we do? I went to preach in a place, and they're singing a Shrek film, a, a, a music, a, a song from a, the, the movie, The Shrek. They're singing, I'm a believer. No, no, I'm thinking, what? I, I, I saw that movie with my kids. That's Shrek. I'm like, mean, what does God think about Shrek? I don't know. He probably hasn't even watched the movie. I don't know. I just don't know. But I for sure, I know that's not a good song for God. Come on. <laughs> I'm a believer. If you believe in Shrek, you're believing in the wrong thing, I think. If you believe in Shrek, you need a shrink. Come on, you need, you need some help. You need some help. There's something wrong with your worship. <laughs> Amen. All right, let me, let me move quickly. All for all the fans of Shrek and all of that now. A promise makes room for anticipation. And it's almost as if God is trying to, uh, David is trying to make God look forward to a time of fellowship with the people of Zion. He's saying, God, what awaits you? It's honest, true worship. How many of you understand God is looking for worshipers who will worship him in spirit and in truth? Hallelujah. So the opening statement of this psalm is an invitation, it's a promise, and thirdly, it's a guarantee. It's a guarantee. David reinforces his invitation and his promise with the, uh, with the rest of verse 1, which, which says, And to you the vow shall be performed. And to you the vow shall be performed. So there is a guarantee. In other words, you can trust my promise. I vow to do it. You can be expectant, Lord. Praise is awaiting for you. You will not be disappointed. That is my vow. My vow, I, I, I'm, I'm guaranteed to you that God, what's coming out of this place today, it's a whole bunch of people that are going to worship you for real. Amen? Tehillah, spontaneous, powerful worship to God. Hallelujah. 
and to you all the vows shall be performed. You know, let, let me just ask you, you know, how is your relationship with God? Is it filled with anticipation? Is there a sense of expectation? What can God expect out of our time with Him? Have you ever thought about that? Is your relationship with God inviting, attractive? Do, do you understand that God feels something about the way we approach Him? It's not just desensitized, just like now I, I've got thick skin, after all, I'm God. No, God is moved. The Bible says He's moved by the, the feeling of our infirmities. And I want you to know something that God is moved by prayer and God is moved by our worship. The Bible says we don't have a, a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses. In other words, I mean, he's a God who has feelings. He understands and he's touched just like we are touched. And so David is kind of putting a guarantee. He said, God, if you, if you come down, I'm inviting you. And, and I'm promising you what you're going to get is worship. And, if you, and, and I want you, I, I, put, I vow to do it. I promise you, God, what you're going to get out of my life today is worship, pure worship to you. To you, all the vow shall be performed. I mean, do you realize that Jesus, Jesus kind of went to the Pharisees and said, you know, you people worship me with your mouth, but your heart is far away from me. Like you're singing all the right songs, doing all the right things, saying amen at all the right spots. But you know what? I know, I know beyond the words. I know beyond everything, the facade you put on. I know what's really going on in your heart. And let me expose that for you. Your heart is far away from me. So how many of you understand that true worship really is important to God? Because we can't fake it to God. We can't fake it. God said to Isaiah, when I said that God gets bored with some worship, because God said in the book of Isaiah, we can actually find that, and in the book of Jeremiah, that God, God said that he, he, he no longer had pleasure in their sacrifices. It's like, I, I've had enough of your feasts. <laughs> I've had enough of your, the way you come to those feasts and, and the religiousness you bring into it, and, and you do all of these things, and yet you're forsaking mercy, you're forsaking justice. You do all of these things, and yet you have the, all these other agendas going on on the, on, on the side. It's, and God said, God said to the people of Israel in those days that he was rejecting their feasts, and he was rejecting their sacrifices. That's why Jesus always got on the nerves of the Pharisees, you know. It's just, it's just, it was hard to uh, just confront their worship because their worship wasn't really what it should be. So when that woman, a Samaritan woman, you know, came and she started having a very deep theological discussion with Jesus about worship. Is it in this mountain, that mountain? You know, what mountain? What, what temple? What, who's right, the Samaritans or the Jews? And, what, who's, and who's got it right? And Jesus said, well, the, the time is coming now is when the Father is seeking those who worship him in spirit and in truth. It's not this mountain or that mountain or this formula or that thing or this style of music or that other thing. It's not the candles and the... It's, it's about what's going on in your heart. Amen. Can I, can I be strong this morning? I'm not getting a lot of amens this morning, but I, I, am I speaking the truth? Is that the Bible? Amen. <laughs> praise God. Am I helping somebody here today? Yeah, praise God. I'm helping myself. Come on, Louise. Get, get your worship. Get your worship. <laughs> 
Ride with God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, I love the presence of God. I'm addicted to His presence. So there's, there's, there's a promise, there's an invitation, and then there's a guarantee. I, I tell you what, David is eager to have God turn up to that meeting. David is eager to see the presence of God, the touch of God. David is eager to see the manifestation of his presence in that place. And he's, he's inviting God, saying, God, please come. Come. Let's continue reading. It's, some demon got stuck in the sound system, but he's out in Jesus' name. <laughs> Don't worry, it's all good. Jesus is Lord. Amen. <laughs> Verse 2. Oh, you hear our prayer. To you, all flesh will come. Now, I mean, what is it that is so attractive about the presence of God? Because this is the second statement that he makes. He says, and to you all flesh shall come. What is it about the presence of God? When I first entered into church for the first time and I was looking around and, 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 and I felt this, this attractiveness, there's something here I hadn't experienced before. I was not a Christian. I didn't know what the presence of God was. But the way these people were interacting with God and their, their abandonment to the presence of God and what they seemed to be getting just puzzled me because I'm like, they seem to have a joy and a peace and a tranquility in their lives and in their faces that I, I need, I desperately need that. I had looked for answers in so many different ways and different places and I'm suddenly looking at people who are not, they're not on drugs, they're not on anything, they're just on God, they're just worshiping God. And I'm like, I've got to have what they have. And to you all flesh shall come and my flesh came to God. My flesh responded to God. My flesh wanted what they had. To you, all flesh will come. And why will all flesh come to God? Because number one, of what we find there. And secondly, built by what we, uh, uh, number one, by who we find there. And secondly, by what we find there. To you, you hear our prayer. To you, all flesh will come. Iniquities prevail against me. As for our transgression, now there was no doubt. I knew that I was a sinner. I knew that I didn't have. I was not in right connection with God, in right relationship with God. I knew I was lost and I needed God in my life. And so, but but the Bible says right there, uh, it, it says, uh, as as for our transgressions, you will provide atonement for them. It's 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 God saying, you know what? Even if you come all messed up with all kinds of luggage and all kinds of Whatever, come as you are, and I'll take care of the rest. You come with a repentant heart. Don't come to God and think, well, one day I'll come to God when I've got everything sussed out and sorted out. No, you come as you are. I came to God as I was, and he provided atonement. He provided cleansing. He do what I couldn't do by our own means. His grace towards me was abundant. Come on, hallelujah. Thank God for his grace. And I repented. Hallelujah. And, I, and, and, and you see, sin is not a problem with God. If we come to him and we repent, and, and his, his grace is always abundant toward us. And he says, as far as transgressions, you'll provide atonement for them. Blessed is the man you choose, the man you cause to approach, that he may dwell in your courts. Wow, blessed. I am blessed. Are you blessed? Do you count yourself blessed that you can come to the courts of God? And worship him. Verse 4, blessed is the man whom you choose. 
And he says, we shall be satisfied with the goodness of your house, of your holy temple. You shall be satisfied. You see, it's, it's, it's who we find there. And we find there someone who, who cleanses us from sin. We find there's someone who satisfies our soul. And for someone like me, I was looking for satisfaction in so many different places. I'm like, wow, there is a satisfaction that is so unique about the presence of God. Because it's not sporadic, it's not temporal, it stays. There's a peace that is permanent. Hallelujah. And then he says, we shall be satisfied with the goodness. It's the word to whoop in, in Hebrew, which means, which means goodness, it means beauty, it means gladness. <laughs> It's a wonderful word. Think of the song Louis Armstrong. What a wonderful world. I, I, would, I would replace, I would redeem that, and I would say, what a wonderful word. Amen. The word of God. Thanks, Dan. I, I appreciate your support today. Good on you. Blessed is the man whom you choose, you cause to approach you, that he may dwell in your courts. We shall be satisfied with the goodness of your house, of your holy temple. By awesome deeds in righteousness, you will answer us, O God of salvation. That's the other thing about God, is that God answers. God doesn't stay silent. It's a prayer answering God. He has a reputation in this area of answering prayer. That's why we've just read testimonies. That's why we... At just about every service, we read testimonies of what God does here because God is a prayer answering God. So why, why is it so satisfying? Why will all flesh come to him because of who we find there? We find a God that's ready to embrace our lives, a God who's ready to answer our invitation, a God who's ready to, you know, inhabit our worship, amen? And it's a God that when he comes, he deals with us, he cleanses us, he fixes us, he, he gets stuff out, out of our lives, he, he heals us, he answers our prayers, he turns up in a very big and mighty way, amen? Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. And I've completely lost where I was in my notes, but it doesn't matter. Praise God. Uh, hallelujah. Can I get the musicians to come? Praise God. Praise God, praise God. I can't, I can't finish this message because it's like those movies, to be continued, those, like those series, to be continued. So we're going to continue next week. <laughs>